my future, my past, and my home. Hello, and welcome to Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. The Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts is an arts education not-for-profit where students from around the world have been conceiving, writing, and performing original full-length musicals since 1989. Tonight, we'll be starting off 2018 by rolling back the clock for another Lovewell Rewind, a series where we take a look back at musicals from the Lovewell Vault with interviews from original creators and the complete audio of the show. Tonight's musical is Meridian, a musical legend, written by the students and staff of Lovewell Fort Lauderdale Teens Session 1 back in 2010. We were very fortunate this month to have two of the original student creators of Meridian in the Lovewell HQ at the same time. Joining us are Kimmy Johnson and Eric Flemons. Let's head to the interview. You'll even hear a special guest sneak into our makeshift studio. Enjoy. So, for the very first time, I am here with our two interviewees in the same room. I'm here with Eric Flemons and Kimmy Johnson. Say hello, guys. Hi, Tyler. Hi. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do nowadays? Well, I now live in Los Angeles, California. I um, am a flying trapeze instructor in Santa Monica. Uh, a very good one. I've seen the videos. Uh, I, I dabble. Um, <laughs> dabble in trapeze. Uh, but it somehow pays the bills, so it's awesome. Awesome. And uh, Kimmy, what do you do these days? Um, I am an actor down here in South Florida, um, working on a couple things right now. Um, and do some teaching and working in other places, but mainly performing is what I've been doing. Awesome. And uh, we're here today to talk about Meridian. Um, Meridian from, what year was that one from, guys? 2010. 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. So this was Kimmy's second show. That's right. With Lovewell. Eric's fourth teen show? Fifth teen show. Um. About uh, face, bound, daybreak, daybreak, meridian. Fifth, fifth and yeah. second. Um, I have very specific memories of being in the audience with this show and absolutely loving this show. Are there any specific moments from Meridian that sort of stick out to you today? Whether it's um, moments from on stage or moments from the process, hmm. that's kind of a big question to start with. But um, anything jump out at you as being particularly memorable? For me, it was the finale. The finale sequence, there's a little clip on YouTube that even to this day, I'll sometimes just watch. Um, and it's okay. Nipe, come on in. Hi, Nipe. How's it Hi, going? Nipe. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Nipe. We're, um, you're on Listen Well. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I really disturbed you guys in the right time. It's good. good. We're talking about Meridian. Wow. Yeah. A musical so. legend. It was. <laughs> it was. It was legendary. It really was. I've heard many legends about this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so give me. You, right you were saying. I was talking about the finale of the right. show, which was actually a reprise or reprise. I actually never know really how to say a that. Reprise of the opening number. Yes. And it has an entirely new meaning mm. um, about moving on and moving forward to what is unknown, and taking the risk to explore um, rather than stay in this place that is safe. Um, and at the beginning, 
it was kind of just like an introduction to this world that we're in. Um, so I really just love that song and that set of poetry, that set of lyrics in particular. Um, really, I, I remember being very emotional during those songs, especially in the finale. Yeah. Um, because we were moving forward, you know, the Lovewell processes. Processes. Process is. Processes. Process is. Not pro I wasn't talking about, oh, I was talking like the process. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Not the multiple processes. Is so short and it goes by so fast. Um, so that was special to me. And that was uh, sweet little Jamie Cohen who started that finale, right? She yes. did, yes. One of those diggers. She killed it. Yeah. She, and yeah, she was, That I think that was her first real solo it was just her on stage spotlight right in the middle yeah. it was beautiful she nailed it um what about you eric any um memorable moments well, either process or show i and i i really want to reinforce what kimmy said because it, it that was my last lovewell show and so and i knew i knew that going into it um and so yeah i really felt like i was moving forward uh, and and just from my little small town out into the into the world mm -hmm. um, with nothing but a radio, mm -hmm. and it, it was it was so daunting and amazing. But I like the, what a what a what an incredible send out. Yeah. And I feel um, every couple of years at Lovewell, there's a group of strong older students who, uh, whether consciously or not. They write shows with similar themes, right? Of this yeah, idea right. of finally leaving home and going yeah. out into the unknown. You see that with Meridian and the Infinite Dark. Mm. And um, I'm always so moved by those types of shows. Um, Dear Berlin. Yeah, Dear Berlin is another great example. And that's a, a strong group of older students who um, were getting ready to leave home, go to college. And I'm so moved by that because I think ultimately Lovewell really is a large part of it's about making sure the students get to talk what they want to talk about and getting to reflect on their fears in an artistic way. And so those shows always really stand out to me, just as much as the fun ones do, but yeah. those ones with those kinds of themes. Just as much as the DMV shows. Yeah, the, yeah. For every DMV show, there's a show about going off and leaving home, and uh, I think that's lovely. Mm. Um, this show has, I think, one of the great twists in Lovewell history. Uh, about midway spoilers if you have never seen or listened to this show um guys you go, might on, go on vimeo.com yeah go um, vimeo.com pause the podcast xwzy653 um <laughs> that's that's the real url yeah <laughs> i'm so sorry if it's not um the uh one of the great twists in level history when about halfway through the show we discover this radio and we find out that we're not in the long ago past but the very far off future. Um, I think writing wise, I think it's one of the better moments I remember being in an audience for in Lovewell. So what is it like writing a show with a plot twist or writing a show with such a difficult sort of um, thing to try and pull off? Do you guys remember any of that? I, I do. I remember in the brainstorming circle talking about the the concept of the show and and everyone really lashing on to that idea of of existing in the past and having this like really believable existence in this tiny little town where you thought you were in like 1800s mm -hmm. right. Kansas yeah and uh and then it it's this 
post-apocalyptic society living on top of a dead civilization. Um, and, and that just blew everyone's mind. Yeah. And all we wanted to do was hide the audience from it yep. like as, right. as convincingly as possible. Uh, and I think what, what really did it was the music was so brilliant mm-hmm. and Spencer and Jared yeah. as the, the, the balladeers. The balladeers. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think the show would have been half as powerful without the musical mm-hmm. prowess. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough moment to pull off in a script because you want to trick the audience. You don't want to lie to them, right? Mm-hmm. That's why like something like the movie The Village doesn't work because you feel like you're being lied to the whole time, whereas this reveal and this beautiful JFK speech, it, um, it makes everything that comes before it make more sense, which I think right. is really difficult to pull off. Yeah, I think that was something that has stuck with me um, about that particular brainstorming process was that I remember the first couple days we were talking about Facebook and Twitter and social media and everything that was kind of just really becoming very popular. Like I think what what I joined Facebook in like 2008. I don't know. It was just something that was becoming very, very fresh and popular. I mean, we're talking about not even knowing your neighbors and that we're stuck behind the screen and everything is so surface level. Yeah. And um, what was beautiful about this group of students, all of us, we just wanted to disconnect from that completely. Mm. So that was what was exciting um, for this sense of discovery of this new world that we kind of took like 17 steps back, um, got rid of all of those things that we had in present day 2010 um so we were able to it was exciting for me to discover the radio something Mm -hmm. that to us is like something you may not even have anymore a radio that we had to think oh what is something that could that is like physical that doesn't it's not a touch screen you know that you could find that that is has a tangible connection right and then my character, I thought it was my long-lost husband on the other side of the yeah. room. Right. It was actually um, JFK. Who, who was your long-lost <laughs> husband. husband? And there it is. Spoilers for everyone. Guys, Tyler Tyler has an Apple Watch. I, I do. I have never really worn a watch uh, until my beautiful Ever? girlfriend bought me a... Um, waterproof, correct? A classic Oh, that's Neff, nice. Um, waterproof, yeah. Up to five atmospheres. Mm-hmm. Um so ba- this watch tells the time, uh, the day, and the date, mm-hmm. and it's changed my life. A consensus that we came up, that we <laughs> arrived at uh, between all of the students is that we all just kind of rejected this craze, and we didn't like the superficiality right. of of it all, and we just wanted to revert back into into this little town where we could just talk to each other. Right, and we just committed to it. Yeah, I think that was something that everybody made the commitment to do. I still feel so, that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that there's very many of you that worked on that show that are prominent social media people that pop no. online. Oh, that's yeah. kind of true. That's kind of weird, yeah. yeah. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. Ooh, All these years later and you guys still crazy. believe what you believed. Meridian is still lurking. 18 years old. Deep that's in the hearts. way it all went down in Meridian. This changes everything. <laughs> so speaking of the balladeers earlier, um, I think this show has a very consistent musical aesthetic across mm. the board. Mm-hmm. What is it like having to write 15, 16 songs that feel different but still sound like they're part of the same musical. And I think you can use this 
question to sort of talk about what it's like writing music at Lovewell. How much experience did you have? How is it difficult for you? How is it easy for you? Uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Because you're two very musical people, but you're both musical in very different ways. So mm -hmm. I'd love to hear what that might have been like, whether it's about this process or any level of process you're a part of. Everything kind of grew from each other. That doesn't make sense. Everything kind of grew from... What am I trying to say? Is that it informed the rest of it? Like what I, we wrote. I think I think everything kind of grew out of the opening number, really. Mm, yes, and, and that's, and that's a lot of. I think a lot of level shows. We, we everybody we all start with the opening number. We we get the opening number done as yeah. soon as possible, but that doesn't necessarily dictate how the rest of the show sounds. Whereas in this case, did. it did. absolutely did so much so that we brought it back. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think having Spencer Roblin and Jared Korak writing there many interludes also helped mm -hmm. with that too. I think we were lucky in that to have Jared and Spencer, uh, Jared on his acoustic guitar, and then Spencer had a violin and a mandolin, mm -hmm. like two very kind distinct of instruments, distinct yeah. instruments that, that are the, the sounds of what we were trying to capture. I think it also helped that everything was this similar folky style because we didn't have to just grab it out of thin air. We knew mm -hmm. what world we were in and we knew um, what fit and we kind of felt the rhythm of it and everything was very organic, I think. It, it's almost like when you're writing music, it's, it's easier to have stricter boundaries because then you have to be more creative within those boundaries, whereas mm. if you just are given free reign and yeah. say, write anything it's almost impossible to Correct. write something yeah um and i and so i think the music was better because we had less room to write in right mm -hmm. yeah i think that sometimes in those sort of more stylized lovewell shows you get better writing because you can't rely on contemporary pop cultural references in your songs and your scenes and totally. you have to be a little more timeless in your writing and that could be more of a challenge, but sometimes the payoff's a little better. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you two play two very different characters in this show. One, Kimmy, is a little more realistic. Um, you're part of a dramatic love story. And then Eric, you have more of a character-y type role, right? Mm -hmm. You're a little more comedic relief. You're a little more eccentric. Although you still have your you know, weighty moments in this as well. Um, what is that like having to play a realistic character versus a more charactery character? Hmm. Um, I'm just gonna come out and say it that my character arose out of 80s day when <laughs> I came as 1880s day. <laughs> <laughs> and I just essentially kept the exact same costume. With um, your homemade steampunk day. Goggles. My homemade steampunk goggles. I love both exactly. theme days on Fridays. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's, I think it almost, like, like I was saying before, I, like, I like having these, putting yourself into a box makes writing easy. And so if you give yourself, you, you have to have this accent and you have to wear this and you have to be this eccentric, like very idiosyncratic character, then writing, you, it, it's almost, it just comes easier. It's, it's a strange like paradox but um i don't know i i've i always found it harder to write um 
like straight characters mm-hmm. versus comedic characters, you know? I guess I always just but was the more realistic yeah. mm-hmm. character, at least in my Lovewell experience. There was always like a heartstring pulled. And I don't know if that's just because of, of who I am. I don't, I don't know. But something that I remember, uh, something that we do on... Um, as part of brainstorming to develop our characters is we have like a character mingling mm. session. Mm. Um, and I can picture this, this is all flooding back into my memory. And at the time we were kind of stuck and we were talking about this kid finding a radio, mm. um, my son. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Jamie Johnson and just being like, oh, well, if he's a kid, he needs a mom. And that was kind of when she was like, oh, and then we ran with this, mom character that kind of just became my character but it would just came out of regular brainstorming mm-hmm. talking um i don't know why i brought this up well that's funny because that's an example of a show where the older students played older characters which is in contrast with like there came from the silver screen where all the older characters played the youngest characters we just wanted to have fun and all the youngest characters played the oldest characters so it is interesting how that sort of organically happens sometimes of Sometimes you come up with it on the spot. Sometimes you come up with it because you need a solution. And sometimes it's just handed to you on a silver platter of like, yeah. oh, yeah, that makes sense. I need that character. Right. Maybe it was just what we were feeling that we, there mm-hmm. were a lot of younger kids, younger students, uh, first time in the teen program. Like we were just looking out for everyone. Yeah. There were, there were interesting. A, a good amount of younger students that mm-hmm. year. Um, but it still felt like a, a very, like an adult show. Definitely. Yeah. It was very mature, the themes. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what's cool about, like, deciding characters. I think, I think something I learned from Lovewell every year is that in Lovewell, there's no right or wrong answer. You just have to make a decision and then go with it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it works out, and it always works out in a really interesting way. Maybe not the way you expected it to, but it's when we're indecisive that we start hitting that brick wall. Totally. We just have to make a decision. Even if it doesn't feel 100% right, it will be eventually. Yeah. Mm. Now that you are both staff members, um, what is it like doing the level of process as a staff member versus doing it as a student? Um, how has that changed your impression of the entire process? Big question, I'm sorry. Mm. I, I love being a staff member with all of my heart. I... It, I think I have more of my heart in the show as a staff member than I mm. did as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, that's not to say that I didn't care when I was a student. I think you just, you're so, you're so deeply involved with all of the other students in the workshop and, and it's, you're growing as a as a person and mm. like I grew so much as a person through my years in Lovewell uh and the shows almost took a back seat to like your my personal growth mm-hmm. um and like I said not to say that I wasn't putting every ounce of myself in those shows but but uh through the shows I I gained so much understanding mm-hmm. and and now as a staff member I can just focus on the shows and on the yeah. people and, and it's like it's brilliant I 
I don't think there's a better one. I don't think mm-hmm. I like being a staff member more than I like being a student. Yeah. I, it's just both of them were are incredible and I yeah, I wouldn't take one over the other. Mm. I think reflecting on that is really interesting because you know, when you're in the moment, when you are experiencing those 3 weeks, you don't really think about what you're doing because all of your focus is just on on doing this awesome thing with a group of people that mm-hmm. you don't really take a step back and realize like what incredible thing just happened. Mm-hmm. And that when people hear about Love Well, they're like, what do you, what? Like you, you write a musical in three weeks? Like, please explain. Um, and when you do, you're like, yeah, it's no big deal because I've been doing this for nine years. So like, yeah, this is just what I do during the summer. But making that transition transition to being on staff and directing a process, it's kind of inspire. It's not kind of, it's extremely inspiring to see how much these students just work off of each other mm-hmm. and how one word or one lyric can just set an entire world in motion. Um, but I agree. I was thinking the exact same thing when you said that I don't know which one is better being on staff or mm-hmm. being a student, but it's, inspiring that it is truly a collaboration it, yeah. it's as much from the students as it is from the staff and yes maybe we can just step back and see the bigger picture which as a teenager sometimes you don't you know yeah. sometimes you you get tunnel vision and only think about what's happening here but we can see the process from beginning to end we see the show from beginning to end and we see these students grow and these staff members grow which are our friends it's it's just a beautiful Thing to experience, and I think that the tunnel vision is okay. I think yeah. you right. have to have that yeah. as a right. teenager, and that's just a part of it all. Right. And I feel like we hit. There were some moments during Meridian where we had to just work through roadblocks of mm-hmm. like someone. I, I don't remember the exact yeah. moment, but someone was very adamantly against something, and, mm-hmm. and we had to work through it and find the solution. And the show became stronger because that person yeah. was standing to what they believed in right. and sticking to their their guns, standing up for what they believe in. <laughs> use that one. Yeah, I'll use that one. Um, well, I, think, I feel like that's... I, I love both of those, um, those answers. And I think when I first became a staff member, the most surprising thing for me was just how much everything came from the students. I think as a student, I sort of suspected Mm -hmm. that, am I being bamboozled here? Like, is this really mine? Like, or is this something that like, is this just the adults who are just really good at like making me think it's mine? But when I became a staff, I realized, oh my God, it is the students. I mean, it's, it's entirely the students thing. And, um, I just, I, I don't know how the students do it now because I don't think I could do it. I don't think I, I could anymore of like, it's the most remarkable and inspiring thing because they have more work to do than any of us do. And they do it. Every they time. do it. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone is about to listen to Meridian. What do you want them to keep an eye out for? Or in this case, an ear out for what, what moment are you excited for them to experience? Good old Miss Mary Lou Odom, uh, somehow managed to acquire an anvil. Mm -hmm. And if you listen closely, Mm -hmm. in a couple of the songs, you'll hear somebody pounding on that anvil with a hammer. And that somebody's me. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it was. That's great. So look out for, or listen to, listen for an anvil. Kimmy? How do I follow that? (laughs) I was like, the theme... 
I'm excited for the listeners to experience discovery. Hmm. Um, however you want to interpret that. Discovery of the past, discovery of the future, discovery of the present. And um, that's it. Cool. Uh, I guess this is my last question is for both of you is former listen well a level of podcast contributor luke catler as good of a kisser as he looks like on camera both of you would like an answer um i i would say even better than he looks on camera <laughs> that crazy horse is a good kisser yeah believe it or not who'd have thought huh yeah who'd have thought that was a funny moment yeah we just giggled the whole <laughs> time one. everyone loves a good level kiss yeah in or out of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us for Listen Well, Love Well Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. Oh, the show is about to begin. All right now, please no talking during the show. Unwrap any hard candies now and take as many pictures as you'd like because the actors are at places and the curtain is rising for Meridian, a musical legend.
shovel in the ground. What's this? It's hot. Nope. Keep digging. Dig. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging.
mayor of our town, the dig was his idea. He plopped them shovels in their hands and then turned around and said, see ya. That's the way it all went down in Meridian. I have created from all that the diggers have unearthed. Uh, this thing does this. Uh, this thing. This. Uh, you could stick someone with this. Yes, of course, sir. You're right. Well, maybe today is our lucky day. Let me guess, wire strings and buttons? Yep, sorry to disappoint y'all, but it was a standard find today. Maybe if you dug deeper, you would finally find something and we could finally ring that bell. Yeah, I know. There hasn't been a great find since that red zipper box thing they found at the North Quarter last fall. That I found? Yeah, George, I know you're still mad that you weren't the one who got to ring the bell. All right, would you just let it go? Yeah, let it go, and let's go and let these people get to work. See you tomorrow. With a big find, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember what the mayor always says. The earth is your treasure chest, so keep on digging and do your best. Oh, not y'all again. Yes, it's us. We're never going to give up. It's time that you started listening. Yeah, digging is all fun and games to you, but what about the rest of us? This town was built on community, and we're not 
acting like one. We are completely against this dig, so this was not a community decision. You know what else the mayor says? The earth is like my fairy chest, so shave some off and, and comb the rest. Ha ha His chest is quite hairy. Yes, <laughs> Don't you have some buttons to label? Why, yes. So sorry, sir. Dag nabbit, Jesse! Won't you watch where you're going? Calm down, lad. I can fix it. Just go! Why can't he be more like... More like Ben? Look, I know Ben is irreplaceable, but there's no doubt we need some help around here. You still miss him. So do I, but it's been almost two years. He's not coming back. Look, people don't just disappear. There's, the answers are out there somewhere. We have no idea what happened to him. It could have been his own decision to leave the town limits. Maybe, but things just don't feel right anymore. I mean, it's like everybody's angry or something. I don't know, I, I know that the answers are out there and I have to find out what happened to him. And not just for me, but for Allison and little Will too. Vlad, you're obsessing again. Let's just call it a night. Things will feel better in the morning. discussion on excavation. Not again! My parents say that digging's a waste of time. That we're never gonna find anything. Well, statistics show that it's highly unlikely that the diggers will find anything of any sort of significance. In fact, 99% of the things they find are simple mineral-based items like buttons and shrapnel and wires and nails. Basically, just junk. Then why do they have that bell? My mom says a bell is a symbol that gives us hope. <laughs> no, wait, class. Wilson has a point. Sure, 99% of what we found might not be a bunch of interest, but, but we've only just graced the surface of this land. Who knows what lies beneath? That's why we'll keep digging. Digging until we find something. Somebody bring that bell over. What could we possibly find that would be worth bringing the bell over?
What a great discussion. I've never seen them so excited. Excited, yes. But that was not, I don't want to lead them down the wrong path. Encouraging them to think for themselves is never the wrong path. I know, I know. I just, I just don't know. You worry too much. <laughs> I know. Use your walk. 
Well, there really is no debate because I'm right. The only thing you guys are digging out there is your own graves. Why are you not? But aren't you curious? What if there's something down there that could make a difference in this town? Curious has never given anybody anything but trouble. <laughs> Let me tell you a sad, sad story. I once had a love sent from heaven above. <laughs> My beautiful darling Rosie. From her balance of grace to the hair on her face. <laughs> slender physique, how she kissed my cheek, I was certain that she was the one, and that's when the yarn came on the spark. <laughs> I thought that she would be the star of the town, going all round. They said they had a hold or two to You'll understand my animosity, that's how curiosity killed my cat. <laughs> we had this bright idea to fly to the moon, see it real soon.
reason to ring that bell. But boss, I'm tired. Yeah, how much longer? Stop complaining. It'll all be worth it in the end. Think about it. If you find something, you'll go down in history. She's right. Remember what the mayor always says. The earth is our treasure chest. We know. So keep on digging and doing your best. Maybe we'd be a little more inspired if half the town wasn't against the dig. That ain't true. People do seem a bit grumpier lately. I thought it was just me. Some people are starting to say there's nothing down here. Oh, bull, we just ain't got there yet. Some people are saying it's dangerous. But if we keep on digging, we'll all end up like Benjamin. What's that? I don't think I heard you. Uh, nothing. Just that maybe the whole dig and all, maybe it's bad luck. Maybe he disappeared because he shouldn't be digging in the first place. All right, y'all, listen up. I'm only going to say this once. Ben Mitchell was a deserter. He took off like a coward. Got some crazy idea about what was out there outside the edge of Meridian. All right, now quit flapping your jaws and get back to it.
The people deserve this, and so do I. You know, why do you care so much anyway? The only reason you ever set foot onto that dig site is to grab your boy when he takes off. What if this is something bigger than just another find at the, at the, at the dig site? What if this is something bigger for me and Will? What if the voice I heard, Grant, no one can know about the voice. They wouldn't understand. They'll think I'm. It was then. Grant, the voice I heard coming out of the metal box. you even
hope you enjoyed Act 1 of Meridian. For tonight's brief intermission, we'd like to remind you of some exciting things happening in the Lovewell community. Registration is now open for all of our 2018 summer programs. Head to www.lovewell.org and click Apply to book your spot now. Scholarships are also available for all programs. The latest Lovewell music video for Modest Song from Under 18th Street is now available on YouTube. Check it out. As always, we'll be posting new episodes of Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast on the first Thursday of every month. Sorry for being late this month, guys. So be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, we are also available on iTunes, where you can leave a rating and a review as well. If you like the show, let us know. Oh, the lights just flickered. It's time to get back to the show. Enjoy Act 2 of Meridian. Since that box was found And heaven knows how things unfold When mystery abounds Let's see how it all goes down in Citizens of Meridian You are here because you heard the bell The bell's been rung because there's news to tell We found something big Bigger than we've ever seen, and this will change everything. Thanks to my digging program, <clears throat> and the trusty people who dig, what I said would happen has now happened. Mission accomplished. Hurrah! Hurrah! However, this is not his area of expertise, so let us call upon those among us who have the most knowledge of this found object. Well, we're not quite sure exactly what it does, but we're learning more. And we're going back to the... Perhaps you should ask the mindless urchin who plucked it from our lab and revealed it to all of you without any forethought as to the consequences of his actions. He clearly knows much more than we do about things of this sort. All right, y'all. We dug up a box that talks.
changes muddy water floating through fact or fiction like wind in a field when changes make you wonder secrets are just bound to be
Christians knew everything about everything. And because of that, the people did too. But it grew all too big. And one day, people depended on the machines way too much. They depended on it for shopping, for their transportation, for entertainment, why, for pure happiness itself. Uh, and one day it all ended. The great darkness. They're just trying to help. You run to them every time something happens in this family, spreading our business. They're trying to tear our family apart. I did what was best for my family. No, you did what was best for yourself. How could you say that? It was Ben. I heard Ben in the metal box. How can you just expect me to ignore that? Allison, what are the chances it was him? I don't know. It wasn't him. It could be. When are you going to let him go? When I find him. And I'm going to find him. I'm leaving, Wes. What? I know he's out there and I can't just leave him. I'm crossing the town limits tonight at sundown. Promise me you'll take care of Wilson until I get back. Are you kidding me? Wilson's already lost his father. Now he's gonna lose his mother. If you cross the town limits, you're not coming back. Ben left you. He left your son. He left all of us just for himself because he wanted to live out some crazy fantasy. Well, guess what? You are not helping your son. You think you are, but, but in reality, you're just holding on to Ben. Be reasonable. Well, you know what? You're not his father. I know what's best for my son. Believe me, 
I've thought about this. Wes, I will be back. For Wilson's sake, I hope you're right.
to leave Meridian? Like I said, rules and found changes everything. <laughs> why? You know when you're so sure about something? You know when they're not sure about anything anymore? You know, ever since we rang that bell, I don't know. You know, it just don't seem like anybody's happy. You know, it just don't feel right. I just want to sit here and think a while. So, what do you want me to tell the guys? Tell them whatever you want. Okay. Come on, everybody, let's dig. Look, girl, I'm in charge now. You guys been slacking, sleeping on the job. The biggest barn in history, you guys didn't find it. Some kid came waltzing in here and stumbled over it. Now let's dig. Dig!
just talk. I'm telling you, it is about to hit the windmill. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. But we have a problem. Uh, I think the dig is done. Explain yourself. Okay, the diggers who want to dig, they don't want to dig anymore. And I can't do it by myself. Everyone's thinking crazy talk now since that kid found that talking box. And Brett doesn't want to dig anymore. Brett, I'm sure he's just a little worn out after the hubbub over the ringing of the bell. I don't think so. He seems really upset. He doesn't want to dig anymore. Well, look, the, the metal talking box may have stirred people up a bit, but these things tend to solve themselves. Okay. Well, I don't think so this time, because the guys are saying, we can't go up, we can't go down, we can't go out. Man, I think everybody's leaving. Look, let the guys cool off. This will all blow over. Why don't you head over to Pop's place for the anniversary celebration? There's nothing like a good party to get everybody on track. Okay. Do you see? Do you? This is exactly what I'm talking about. We can't just ignore this. Your distortions of the truth are destroying this town. I'm not just gonna sit here and watch it happen. Calm down. No, just... no, I'm done. I'm taking action with or without you.
really going to do it? I'm doing it. Are you scared? A little. It's going to be great. I think you'll be okay. Or you'll end up like Ben Mitchell, but whatever. Dreamy is exploring. <laughs> Which is exactly what I'm going to do.
out there, I will find him and bring him home. You have my word. Friend, you don't have to do this. Wilson needs you. Don't worry, sunshine. I'll be back.
Thank you all for joining us for tonight's episode of Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. Special thanks to Kimmy and Eric for joining us at Lovewell HQ for their great interview. Be sure to subscribe, and we will see you next month for Blue Moon. Until then, this is Tyler Grimes reminding you to listen well, create well, love well. Good night.